listening to the Slurcast, a podcast for no reason. Today we will be discussing Futurama Season 3, Episode 21, Future Shock, with your hosts, Tommy Roulette. How's it going? Pete Woodward. That's me. And guest host, Bill Squire. I have better things to do. Joining us today is our special guest, Eric Kaplan. Good evening. No, not that, Eric Kaplan. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't me, man. It was Zarvox. Uh, welcome back to the show, Eric. Welcome back to the show, Bill. Thanks. Thank you. It's, uh, it has been a long-ass day. Yeah. But now we're going to talk about something fun, right, Tom? Yes. Like what? Is that the right answer? I Charlottesville. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that's going to... I Well, I don't even know if we should peel the lid off that right now. I mean... Give it time. It's early yet. Was it time plus sadness or no. you're, you're tragedy? The comic, tragedy plus time equals comedy. Okay, mm. all right. You know, at, uh, our current president at one time was basically an '80s guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I mean, it does tie into this because <laughs> kind of, kind of as soon 80s as guy. Scarmucci got uh, appointed as the press secretary, yeah, he was. That guy. That guy. Yeah. He was the 80s guy. I, I feel like this episode tied together um, lots and lots of stuff. Like, like I've been playing Worlds of Tomorrow and then that all the memeing and stuff that happened when Scaramucci was appointed for 10 days. Like I knew that it was from the show, obviously, but I didn't have it in the context. It feels like so much of the stuff in both of those things comes out of this. Um, like just, just even in the game, because I'm not even really a gamer. I'm just kind of doing this thing to kill time, uh, which I don't have any reason to do, but you know, that's what happens. Um, where there's lots of stuff, even like where I am in the game, it all just kind of dovetailed together with this. So I, I was happy to like get some answers to these things that have been troubling me. But most importantly, there appeared to be a Frenchman with a diamond full of carrots in the Jumbotron. And that was once again, like a completely perplexing image. It was called Jingle Jangle Jungle. That's a really good alliterative title. Um, what was it about? Did you go any deeper? Nope. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't click. There was no link to click on for InfoSphere, so I, I didn't go any farther. <laughs> I have a feeling if you Google Jingle Jangle Jungle, you'd get into some weird places too. Like, I, I, I mean, I could think about three links deep where it would start getting real fucking weird. I don't even think you'd have to go three links deep. I think it'd, you, it'd probably be weird right off the bat. I want to go to that site. Yeah. Uh, wait, maybe maybe yeah, we after the show we that... can look at it together. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can put that online for everybody. You know what? The watch. first thing that comes up is a Bobby Darren song. Really? Called Jingle Jangle Jungle. Well, so then they just... Well, wait. Did that come before or after the cartoon? Uh, let's see here. Already That was 1950 was... The animated, it's an animated short about life in Africa. In parentheses, non PC. Straight from assumed IMDb. Yeah, that, uh, that, I, that's not a jump in my brain. Like, that makes sense right mm -hmm. off the bat. Um, what, what, uh, I, I, this is something I was thinking about, and it, I don't know if this even, like, tracked with you guys just because I got a few years on all of you. H have you ever been exposed to the book or documentary Future Shock that this episode is apparently named after? No. Okay. So 
I was going to look it up, but I'm just going to try and do this from memory. I think the book was written by Aldous Huxley. Maybe I'm totally wrong about that, so I will look it up in a second. But there was a, it was a, uh, like a best-selling book in either the late 60s or early 70s. It was like a total, like, apocalyptic, the shit is going to go down, like, we have 20 years, and in the 80s, we're all going to die. So it was basically, like, an inconvenient truth, but instead of having, like, scientifically backed data to say, here's these charts that represent global warming over time as a function of fossil fuels being pumped in the atmosphere and whatnot, this is just like, there's so many people, and then there's robots, and then we're all <laughs> going to get diseases, and we're going to die, and money's going to disappear, and then what are we, you know? But there was a documentary that was uh, narrated in, in, like, the first person. Like, he showed up on camera in it by Orson Welles. So it had that extra layer of, like, really cheesy, over-the-top alarmism. And... Uh, I mean, if you watch it now, I saw this in college because it was like a throwback in my sociology courses for like people could get mass hysterical about this shit. But it, it was you, you watch it and you're just like, this shit is insane. Like, like it, it kind of makes you wonder on the one hand, um, what what are we seeing now and thinking, oh, my God, this is the end of the world that isn't going to be. And unfortunately, right now, that's, <laughs> that's a real thin line. But like. There's I, I think an example there. of that would be maybe this uh, transgender bathroom thing that everyone's freaking about last year isn't such a big deal when we're on the brink of nuclear war and Nazis uh, are trying to take over the country. Yeah. Yeah. Race, yeah. race riots in every city. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like the cock has been turned back uh, a few decades oh or more. I, I said that... Uh, it sucks that enough that they always reboot movies and stuff, but now we're rebooting wars. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw you tweet that. I'm like, that's that's almost too on the nose, Bill. That's kind of scary. I've been watching this documentary on Netflix about World War II, and it's kind of really scary, the similarity of what's going on. I feel like... like how Germany invaded Poland already, right? Oh, no one knows about that yet. <laughs> Did you get some inside information from, from the Illuminati brothers or something? I I, uh, I can't find this. It's not in IMDb, so maybe I can I can figure it out later. It, it was very much like this is this is crazy alarmist stuff. But I, I think you're right. I mean, like people like people have a luxury to get worked up about shit that doesn't matter when there's shit that doesn't matter happening. Right. And uh, I mean, that's what we the world we live in now because of the 24 hour news cycle and social media. And like, I'll get on Twitter scrolling through looking for something that will get me riled up, but there's like <laughs> really? not a lot anymore because I'm like so numb to everything. I'm like, and, and then you have like what happened in Charlottesville, and then you're like, oh shit, this is this went a little too far. I was just hoping for some like. Maybe you know, like some, a some little, something a little lighter than that. Like somebody refusing to serve bacon to somebody yeah, or something, right? Or like you know, a football player doesn't want to stand during the national anthem. That's like okay, I can have this, have some fun with this. But when people are getting killed by Nazis, then you're like, ah, oh, crap. And they're all from Ohio. Mm. Uh, There's a lot from Ohio. Yeah, it's yeah. Any anything south of Cleveland is kind of uh, <laughs> kind of scary territory sometimes. Southwest and east. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, well, the I, uh, gosh, we've gone like deep politics right off the bat, but there's all kinds of shit it's, happening. But there. a lot it's of this ties into to. it because yeah. 
I mean, when it comes to things like that, the stock market right. reacts to how people react to, to the news and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, see, well, that's... See that uh, science, guys? I don't know anything about <laughs> no, the stock no, that's, market. So that's actually... There's a, uh, there's a whole sort of discipline in economics. It's called behavioral... Uh, I think it's behavioral economics. It might be behavioral finance, but it's basically like at this point, you know, economists are trying to map swings in the economy to like mass behavioral changes. So they're taking like like big data... And using that to map shit out and go like, okay, like if this kind of shit happens, you push the bubble down here, this is what's going to happen. So buy and sell accordingly. And that's like, like multinationals are like hiring people like that to track their shit. It's, it's really interesting, but it's, like it's the also big short terrifying. kind of thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Where they saw it coming and then they go, okay, but we can profit off of this because yeah. we know what's going to happen. And the moral of that story is buy water. Yeah. Buy, buy as much water stock and stock and water as you can. I mean, luckily we have a lake here, but it's all going to get sold to Nevada uh, eventually. If Nestle has their way, right? Um, that that being said, like there was this was a really jam packed episode. Like I I think uh, we've had sort of an up and down over the last few, but this one I felt like was this was hit in a sweet spot. This is one of those episodes that always bums me out in a way because. And there's a lot of episodes like this on Futurama, but there's a lot of shows that do this where there is an opportunity for everyone to make a ton of money and be happy and like be thrilled (laughs) about it. And like they did it like when when Fry had his bank account and these things happen in in tons of different cartoons too or just shows in general. And you're just like so excited for them. You're like, oh my God, I love these characters. I want them to all have money and be able to live their dreams and then you're like oh but then there's no no show after that yeah misery is funny yeah exactly <laughs> wasn't that well, but wasn't that basically what the last season of roseanne was about yeah yeah and, and that's and why that's it how ruined awful it, it yeah. got. i was gonna say look how shitty that show ended <laughs> yeah up. yeah i mean you you i mean the the, the the end of the day money is just bad i mean it's great to have it it's really really nice when you're not <laughs> i think that means that money's good like, yeah i guess it's how you deal with it yeah it alleviates uh, stress when you it have does. it it alleviates stress For but sure. it doesn't make you happy you would think you will <laughs> <laughs> but Touché. uh mo money mo problems exactly right? <laughs> I, that really that's that's as about as cut to the quick as you can get with that mm. um i don't know if there was ever a real logitorium dome hotel but that place looked awesome yeah like, like i i wish I, I spend a lot of time in hotels these days and uh i have yet to come across one that's as cool looking as the auditorium that being said as soon as they went inside to like the conference rooms it was like oh this is my hell like i i spend a lot of time in those and it's soul killing it looks like every other one you've ever been in yeah yeah and it, but then like the whole conceit of them having the shock, the stockholders meeting with like the eight of them there plus Hattie McDougal. <laughs> like, why, why wouldn't they just do this at the office? Like, especially if they're spent, you know, they're basically out of money. They spent all the money on the video, which is, well, they're not making great financial decisions. I mean, the video was pretty much all the money they had. And then they had to run out the conference room and that's that. Those conference rooms get expensive. Yeah. And they nickel and dime the shit out of you for that stuff. Like that, that AV hookup probably cost them several hundred dollars <laughs> for like a screen and a projector. <laughs> and then they charge you to set the chairs up and for the chair rental. I mean, it's just like You've been you've been renting out a lot of conference rooms, Pete? It's part of what I do now. I mean, I'm not I don't have to, uh, you know, sign it, but I, I get involved with the planning and things and you're like 
this is some bullshit, man. Like, I'll bring my own mints. You don't need to set out a bowl of mints at 75 cents a pop. That's some straight up, like, highway robbery. Mm. And then. Good to know. I'm going to take a lot of mints next time I go to a conference. Yeah. Yeah. Stock up, man. Pockets full of mints. (laughs) They've already paid for them, and you know that they're taking them and charging everybody for them. And then when they don't get eaten, they just throw them back in a box and charge people for them again. It's good business right there. Yeah, it's like like the, the maybe you should be running Planet Express. Maybe I should. <laughs> I'm uh, you know, me and me and that guy, <laughs> we're not that we're not that different. We both grew up in the '80s. We understand. Which the fact that well, I don't know if we're skipping ahead too much, but the fact that okay. he has no name the entire time, he's just that guy. Yeah, is, that '80s guy. That yeah. '80s guy is fantastic. He does have a name in the script. Does he? Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. It's, I don't remember what it oh, is. It's, but. I think it's Steve Castle. <laughs> that is so Which seems perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very 80s banker name. Uh, I, I liked in the video for Planet Express that they, uh, just, that they captured everything where they're like, they show the delivery to the Amazonians. And she's very happy to get her package. They're like, you know, like with soaring highs and, and very large one-time losses when the ship just crashed <laughs> into the ground and they left it in there. But uh, when when Fry and Zoidberg and Bender go off to look for the uh, for like for food, the food or whatever, just anything no, Bender, that's entertaining. Bender stays. It's oh, that's Fry right. It's yeah, Fry, it's Fry and Zoidberg. Yeah. Um, the first thing that, that came to mind after uh, <laughs> after the bat mitzvah or the bat mitzvah where no shellfish was allowed. But why would they have food at a bat mitzvah? They're all robots. Well, there might have been humans that were invited. There weren't any, though. Robots can be friends with you other people. You just didn't see any. Don't them. be racist, Pete. I'm not being racist. I'm saying that with my own eyes, I didn't see any humans or otherwise. They wouldn't let Zoidberg in. I mean, he would have helped. Or the pig man. But I also, <laughs> <laughs> I also love the, uh, the pitch uh, that Zoidberg gave to Fry. When he goes, hey, Zoidberg, let's go find some food. He goes, I won't only help you find the food. I'll help you do more than that. I'll eat. (laughs) Fry's already checked out. He's just gone. Gone. (laughs) Was that pig man the same one from? um, No, I think it's just a species. From Alcazar's place. It's just a different one. We don't know. Yeah. He looked a little nicer dressed. They were kind of sloppy. Are you saying they all all the pig men look the same, Pete? No, I'm saying that the pig man that Alcazar was friends (laughs) with. Pete Woodward is racist. (laughs) <laughs> I okay. Tom, I am Tom, not. Don't edit that out. I am not. And given the current climate, I don't want there to be any ambiguity about that. Like he is not. Yes, nothing are, could be further from not the truth. Exactly <laughs> against pigmen from other yeah. and galaxies. Robots. And pigmen, <laughs> pigmen, cats. Your your hatred and, of cats is well documented. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, below that, there's not. I'm with you on the cat thing. Yeah, they're. I had to clean up puke on my new couch in two different places yesterday. And there, I have a blanket on there to keep them from fucking up the couch. And they pulled the blanket back and then puked on the couch underneath it. Yeah. So it's well, they didn't want to mess cats up your nice blanket. <sighs> and that's why your house smells like polygrip and cat pee. <laughs> <laughs> Is polygrip still a thing? I, think I, it's, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't um, need it. I think so, because it's, it's what? For dentures, right? Yeah. 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 It adheres your dentures to your gums. I've used it before because, like, I've gotten, like, the uh, vampire fangs for Halloween. Yeah. And, like, I've tried to use that stuff to, like, hold them in when I didn't have any more of, like, the mixture that you're supposed to use. Really? Yeah. Did it work? Sort of, but they're too small. 
So like, cause what it does is like forms almost like a, a gummy, like Seal. sticky s- surface that like your, whatever you have left in your mouth. Your gums. Edges too. Yeah. That's, uh, that's it's gross. I want to keep my teeth. <laughs> I do too. I, I, that's, uh, I have like nightmares and just general phobias about shit happening to my teeth. Uh, I didn't take care of them for a long time, but now I'm really pretty good about it. Mm-hmm. And it's still something where it's just like, you know, if I see somebody get whacked in the face or a couple of years ago, my daughter knocked out one of her teeth on a scooter and it was a baby tooth. Thank God. Cause number one, it would have been hurty and really bad if it was mm-hmm. permanent, but also expensive as shit. Oh, yeah. So, you know, there's that. But, like, that happened. It's just, like, I almost freeze with, like, the hairs on the back of my neck standing up because it's so I – oh. I just feel it. Yeah, your, t- your teeth are one of those things that, like – yeah, you see a video of a guy getting, like, a baseball in the mouth. It just – it hurts you to your core. Yeah. My yeah. Grand gra- great-grandfather had uh, lost all his teeth, but his gums were so hard he could just – Anything with just his gums. <laughs> <He's> just grinding. <laughs> as as long, just his, his jaw. <laughs> yeah. As long as it was ground into yeah, a paste, yeah. he could eat anything. No, I yeah. remember him eating like steak and just like I'm like just powering just, through. Like, <laughs> going. He, he just going had callous gums. <laughs> I. You know what? That's why they were the greatest generation. <laughs> Seriously. That's. I mean, they fought it, Nazis, ate steak with no teeth. It was probably just out of fucking spite too. He's just like I'm yeah. not. No, it's not like it was getting chewed. He's just gumming it enough to rip off the fibers and then swallowing it whole. Yeah. Which more power to him. He should have gotten into the Nathan's hot dog eating contest because he probably could have torn that shit up too. He'd take Kobayashi down. A hot dog will go through your, your gums will go through that like oh, nothing. It's Joey Chestnut's world now. Oh, I. Did you ever try to be a competitive eater, Bill? No. I seriously considered it for a couple of years. Um, not only because I, I can be a really good glutton, but also because I can eat really fast. And then I think I lost the – I just didn't keep it up. I was trying to be a little more healthy, and I sort of lost it over time. But um, I, I did try. Like there were some there – there were a couple times in college I got dared to eat like X number of euros and things and was just totally like – I feel yeah. like that needs to be a special episode you guys do. Do a competitive eating episode. <laughs> I'm sure there's something I mean, we could tie into it, too. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd come back on and eat and eat whatever you put in front of me. <laughs> and then people just listening to us eat. <laughs> <laughs> you could put video up, right? You could do that. Oh, God. Yeah, silent for episode. half an hour. And just that, could, <laughs> that could be a bonus episode. But what, what, would, what would the food... B. Oh, man. We had this conversation a while back. Do you remember, Tom? Uh, it was about four or five years ago. We were talking about if, what you would eat if you had to eat, like, three pounds oh, of yeah. something. Mine's eggs. I figured I could do three pounds <laughs> of Cool steak. hand Luke, eh? <laughs> <laughs> they have to be scrambled. <laughs> scrambled eggs. My boy Tom here can eat 75 <laughs> eggs. I, you see, the problem with that, Tom, is I think you're you're miscalculating how much three pounds of scrambled eggs is. Yeah, because those are light. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It'd be, be like a, a garbage bag full of eggs. But like a three-pound steak? I feel like I could put down a three-pound steak pretty easy. I feel like I have. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. that's like uh, one of the challenges The if you like drive through Amarillo, Texas, that's the 72-ounce steak. That's about, that's three pounds, right? Is that, I don't, I, I don't know. No, Six, no. A se- 72 is more. six pounds, okay. I think. Oh. Yeah, so people no, do wait, that. So yeah. three pounds, five. Is, oh, yeah. man, three no, pounds is nothing. Yeah. Seven, okay. seven pounds. All right, so yeah, 
Three pounds seems like yeah that yeah that's that something. I think the yeah. melt right. no wait. is more than that right. seven it is. yeah oh god sure. now I'm, like we're gonna get called out for being shitty at math I think seven I am pounds shitty is ninety six so I don't need to be called out um there's sixteen pounds in an ounce yes mm-hmm. no <laughs> <laughs> sixteen ounces sixteen ounces 16 in a pound. <laughs> Why the fuck don't we use the metric system? Yeah, that's just that's easy. It's all based on tens. Uh, Ten stone. Thirty-two. No, sixteen times two is thirty-two. Thirty-two times two is sixty-four. So that would be four pounds. And then sixty-four plus an eighty-ounce steak would be a five-pound steak. Okay, so it's just oh. under five pounds. That's nothing, wow. man. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys remember the old '96er from the Great Outdoors? Hell yeah. Yeah, that used to. Th- I used <laughs> to. It's all gristle and fat. Yeah. yeah. I used to think that was like, oh my god, that's such a big steak. And now that you kind of crunch in those numbers, I'm like, yeah, I yeah. could do that. Now I want one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's go um, get steak. Yeah. Get a '96-ounce steak for each of us. But uh, what is the? Have you guys done the problem with Poplar's episode yet? Yeah. 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 That, ah, I think see, that was. That would be, Hey, just do like a popcorn shrimp eating contest. <laughs> oh, see, well, maybe we could get somebody because what we had talked about was what poplars might be, and I think the the uh, the takeaway was poplars would probably be like popcorn shrimp, but with the Rally's fry coating on them. Ooh, right? Mm. Do they? Because and they do sometimes they do like popcorn shrimp at Rally's, but I don't think they use the fry bat- like that fry yeah. batter is that's the holy grail. I know, we'll have to get somebody in the lab on that, but uh, we could do that. It'd take a lot of baby shrimp. Man, that or those, uh, was it KFC had the little like chicken bites? Yeah, like, popcorn chickens. Yeah, yeah they like just like popcorn. all the. That's all crust. Basically. Yeah. That's kind of what I assumed it would be. Yeah, I, I think if you're going to do an eating challenge like that, going with like a straight protein, like, like a steak, is mm-hmm. probably your best bet. Cause like they they do the challenge up at Melt with the the cheeses and stuff. And mm-hmm. It's like five pounds of cheese and like I love cheese, but that's too much fucking cheese. That's a lot of cheese. And when it starts to congeal and get hard and greasy, yeah. it's just you and know. you're just gonna feel real sick afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just posted a picture of somebody that completed it, and the guy's face is just exactly how you would look after <laughs> completing that. Bloated and sweaty, probably just so like, pale. Because not even it's just it's cheese, but it's a ton of bread too. Yeah, and that's. Horrible, and you can't really sauce it to wetten it up because it's just going to make it worse. Right? Um, yeah, that could get that could get bad. There's oh, I don't know. So I, Tom, how's your stomach like feeling? Chicken wings. <laughs> I could I could eat like a lot of chicken wings. What's what's the most you've ever eaten in a sitting? I think I've done like thirty six. Okay, we could do that. Or crab legs. I don't. But those, you, that's going to be more expensive. And it's too much work. It's, a, it's, it's so a much work. work. Yeah, yeah. It, my ex-wife was a big fan of seafood like that, and it was just like that. Like I could eat like seventeen or eighteen slabs of ribs in the time it would take you to eat as many crab legs as you're going to do because it's just like cracking everything out, and then it's just like slippery and bad. But uh, yeah, every once in a while, like up at Jammy Buggers, they'll do a twenty-five cent wig night on Thursdays. So every once in a while, I go up there, and it's like you have to order them. And half dozens. You can only get them like to eat in. You can't order them to go or anything. So be like, all right, two dozen, this, that, and the other. And they're just like, you can't split them. I'm like that. I'm not splitting them with anyone. You can't take them home. I'm not taking them home. Like, <laughs> don't don't worry about just me. Just bring me my food and stop <laughs> yeah. judging me. Yeah. Look, I I get it. I I know what I look like in a mirror. I need the small pleasures in life. Just please humor me. 
They're actually very good wings, though, and cheap as fuck. Twenty five cents is amazing. Yeah, and in this day and age, yeah, um, there's uh, uh, that leave a lot of money to buy stock in Planet Express. It yes. back on track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and mean, it all comes back. So Hermes gets to lay out all the bad news, which I liked because he's he's nothing he likes better than being the bearer of bad news. It's kind of uh, he he's there's people like that in my life too that can't wait to tell me when someone died. <laughs> or when someone got hurt, like my mom's one of those people, she'll be like, "Oh, so and so died," and I'm like, "I don't even know who that is." Like it's someone from like church or something, and I'm like, "I don't, I don't keep up with any of these people." And she's like, "Well, I just thought you'd want to know." I'm like, "No, you just want to tell people things, yeah, that uh, are sad." I'd rather my mom be like that than than my mom doesn't tell me anything. Like I'm 38 years old, and I feel like it's, at every turn she's trying to protect me. Where it's like, <laughs> from what? Oh, oh, hey, mom, what's going on? Oh, you know, me and your dad have to go to the hospital today. Why? Oh, your dad, he had a heart attack last week. And uh, <laughs> he's going for a checkup. And it's like, what are you talking Why do I not know about this? Well, we, you know, you're busy. You don't want to. You need to be working on some grandkids. You don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to be getting concerned about stuff like that. Yeah. Let's just let's just say the clock is ticking, though, son. <laughs> um, the the uh, So... Was Hattie? I can't remember if Hattie was in this before. Yes, but was it was it as as fleshed out as she is finally in this episode? I mean, she's like the crazy cat lady, but I thought she was more just like. I mean, really, and I've I've never gone back and looked, and I've, I don't think I've asked. Like, there's the crazy cat lady on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Is Hattie McDougal the actual crazy cat lady from The Simpsons, or are there no. differences in those characters? They look very different. Do they? Yeah, they're very different. Yeah, very different. So it's just like as an archetype, if you think about crazy, the crazy cat lady, cat lady is literally crazy. Yeah, she doesn't can't speak at all. Yeah. Oh, just, okay. she just, yeah. Yeah. Just screams and throws yeah. cats. Hattie McDougal is just an old woman that has a lot of cats whose house smells like polygrip and and cat, cat, and cat pee and it apparently invests in <laughs> planet express for whatever reason one thing i'm a an interplanetary delivery service um i i i was wondering after that when fry so they get kicked out of the bat mitzvah or just eat all the food there and go hunting again there's the support group for the defrosties why has that never been brought up before? That seems like something that would have like it for very likely people talked about Fry to it and he just didn't pay attention or just didn't care to go. Uh, he was just on the search for food and he just happened to come, come across, across it. <laughs> yeah. I, right. And it's not like he went through the process properly when he was defrosted. Yes. It's like yeah. he, he He also kind of fit in right away too. Like there was never a point where I mean Fry's always said that like he's always fit in better here. Than, than he ever age. did, yeah, in, in his time, yeah, in his time. So that's that's. Like, I don't think he point. needed it. I feel bad for the guy that the got frozen when the giant carrots <laughs> ruled the earth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when they said that, part of me was like, "Oh yeah, there was a carrot in that diamond in the beginning of the episode." Like I, I'm sure it has nothing to do with it, but for some reason, that's where my brain went. I don't know. It, it might. It might have just gone looking for cartoons with carrots and come up with Jingle Jangle Jungle. Yeah. Now, the guy, I, the one I felt bad for was the caveman. Because <laughs> the caveman talks about his wife, and then everybody just sort of goes, ugh. 
wow. And they kind of like roll their eyes. And I'm like, <laughs> man, poor guy. Is, uh, Pete, you're doing a bad job of keeping us on track. I, I know. know. <laughs> Look, we're just, we're having so much fun and the world is on fire. So either way, it's. Laugh uh, while we can. Yeah. You got to laugh instead of just an hour and 20 minutes of us crying into the mic. Um, Scruffy really loves Planet Express. Scruffy, Scruffy believes in Planet <laughs> Express. And there's that whole little section before that where they're having motions whether or not to vote that the cats are ugly and smell, <laughs> which is oh, an argument my wife and I have on a daily basis. Like, I come downstairs, and there's an asshole cat sitting on a piece of furniture, and I look at it and say, you're stupid, and you smell. And she's like, don't say that to them. I'm like, it's true. Scruffy and they don't. Seconds. Yeah, exactly. And there's nobody here to second it. I just get yelled at for saying, you know, mean but accurate observations about these animals. Why don't you start saying it, like, really nicely to the cat? Because the cat can't understand you. So if you're just like, you were so smelly and ugly and Well, sometimes I say that. Sometimes I do that, too, because, like, I work from home, and I'll come downstairs, and the same smelly cats are sitting on the same furniture stinking it up. And it's like, you're an idiot. You're just a stupid, stupid idiot. And they look at me with like blank eyes. Like, I'm not yeah, calling they're them. Cats. They don't yeah. Know. They're just, they're, they're dumb. Dumb. The I one, the one in particular, it's like you looked into the eyes and you can just see into the back of the skull. There's nothing <laughs> fucking going on in there. So here, here's a question for you then. Mm-hmm. What if one day you're complaining about the cat? And then all of a sudden, there's just like a janitor guy in here just <laughs> sitting at your kitchen table with his feet up on the table, like Scruffy was, like when they first introduced him. Like, he just shows up. Well, all right. Let me ask. Would a couple you let of, him stay in your house? Let me ask a couple of clarifying questions. Is this janitor guy the He's guy not doing anything for your well, house? No. First of all, is he the janitor guy from Unbreakable who shows up at the door and goes, "I like your house," because <laughs> no, then I'd be God, fucking terrified. No. Um, to this day, one of the scariest scenes in a movie I think I've ever seen because it's oh, yeah. so realistic and just horrifying. Yeah. Uh, number two, though, when Bruce Willis gets out of that pool. And beats the shit out of him. Yeah. Also one of the most satisfying moments in a movie. Very much so. Um, but the the other part of that being, if he would be doing janitorial work around the house, I'd be all for it. He could go live in the basement in the canning cellar or something and keep it clean. So, the, I mean, I guess this is where it kind of ties into this World of Tomorrow game. And um, that was like... <sighs> There's the tasks that each character can do. Have you guys played this at all? I Not played yet. it a no. little bit, but I i mean, I've made it to the, where you get Amy. Okay. I played it for maybe five minutes. All right. Ten tops. Yeah, uh, that's all I've done. Oh, God. It's going to be so weird when we do an episode about it, and I know more about it than anybody. Yeah. But uh, the the each character, as you unlock them, it's like tasks that are related to lines or episodes in the show. So, like, Scruffy has as one of his tasks, believe in the company, mm-hmm. you know, or, uh, oh. you know, there's, a, there's, I haven't, I haven't unlocked Hattie McDougal yet, but like the items to unlock her are cats and <laughs> you know, like handbags and shit like that, that you, you have to get to put her all together. I'm trying to think of there's something else. There's a couple with Scruffy. Um, that tie I, into this episode that, that I think tie into this episode. Yeah. So, I mean, that was the whole thing is like, there were all of these, these items like that, Are these any of them tests. porn mags? Because every episode he's yes. like reading a porn yes. mag. Yeah. A, a two in hour, <laughs> a two <laughs> hour task <laughs> is have Scruffy read Zero G Jugs. Um, I would read that magazine as well. Yeah, uh, yeah that's... Uh, they did two I of mean, Girls Gone Wild where they 
put him in like one of those planes that dives like to the make vomit it zo- comet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like floating around topless, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> throwing up on each think, other. I, I to be fair, is... depending on the doc, the job the doctor did in a lot of cases, they all seem kind of zero g in the first place. There's yeah, like, that's true. There's not a lot of gravity in effect. Um, that's almost a callback to to a lot of the '80s, I think, too. That's uh, that, uh, that '80s guy would probably feel right at home in a situation oh, yeah. like that mm-hmm. um, when he goes to his celebrity coke parties. And I, <laughs> I do like that he takes Fry under his wing, which shows that he really doesn't have a lot of business sense because <laughs> Fry is not qualified in any way. He just happens to be familiar with that time. And I, then, uh, but once Fry starts trying to pick up the lingo and uh, the whole like. Don't you worry about blank. Let me worry about blank. Yeah. Blank? Blank? <laughs> well, that's that's really the whole thing about it is like it doesn't matter that he doesn't know anything. He's just a sick uh, sycophant mm-hmm. where he's just, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, you totally, yeah. Totally it's, yes, it's, man, yeah. yeah. And that's like, uh, so when I was getting my master's degree, which happened to be in business, I had to take a lot of classes with people who were business people. And, uh, you know, different different professions, different companies and all of these things. But one thing that was, like, true a lot more than was really, um, you know, comforting to me was that a lot of these people who at the time probably made two to three to four or more times what I earned working at the college where I was going to take these classes, they couldn't string sentences together. And it's really just, like, if you can get into the right niche – and surround yourself with the right people to delegate to. You can just like I've seen so many you could, people. You could end up as president of the United States of exactly, America. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's just like it, like the whole, unfortunately named Peter principle of failing your way to you know your level of incompetence is uh, is really true in a lot of cases, and it's really disheartening because like I, there are people that are very very good at business and that aren't crooked or mean or evil or whatever. But then there's the other ones where it's like if you're not if you're okay with being like manipulative and exploitive and like, you know, just I watched uh Founder the other night, the Ray Kroc mm-hmm. movie yeah, about yeah. McDonald's. And there is a line in the movie where he's talking to one of the McDonald's guys and he tells him, he's like, I'm the kind of guy who'd be willing if you were drowning, I'm the kind of guy that's willing to pour water down your throat. And it's like he was such a bastard in that movie. But he was an excellent businessman. Like he made that company what it was. Yeah. But man, fuck that dude. Like, yeah. It's it's really. And does uh, it always have to be that way with business? Because it seems like there are businesses that are run by people that are decent. And uh, this isn't the. I don't know if it's the best example, but uh, according to some memes, Costco <laughs> seems to be like a decent place to work. <laughs> Like, that guy seems like he's okay. I mean, to be fair, Starbucks is a company that you can get benefits. Get and benefit. I mean, benefits is a part-time employee in college education. Like, right. I yeah. Mean, that's not a bad. I bad mean, gig. It, I think it's a. It is entirely possible to be an ethically run company. Planet Express sure as fuck is, and I mean, the professor will sell people out and get them killed just for like a five dollar <laughs> delivery or whatever. But. But that's also got to be a front, right? Because he doesn't make any money from Planet Express. Apparently not. All his money comes from his patents. Maybe the ones that mom doesn't own. Right, I mean, but I, I think he is smart enough to it could just somehow be a money get money laundering that. Or maybe, maybe he got a, 
huge buyout from mom. I was thinking he probably got a huge severance pay yeah. when she fired him from his company. That's, That's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, like, you can run an ethical company. It's just very difficult to do it because being an ethical person at all times is not easy. You know, people are fallible and they have their problems. And, and if you succumb to greed at, or, or whatever, I mean, you know, you can, you can sort of start making decisions that don't necessarily work in the best interest of not only your employees, but maybe the, the world or your community or whatever. Now, where that becomes more difficult is if you are a publicly owned company where you're liable to shareholders, then their expectation is you're just going to make them as much money as you can. Mm-hmm. And what most businesses do instead of like making things run really well and really good and people going, hey, that's really cool. That's enough. They just gut it and treat their employees like shit and leverage it the fuck out so that it gets super you know, indebted and then they just gut it and get rid of it. Um, well, that's... That guy said it's all about image. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, hey, here's here's some more fun business talk, everybody. Like Warren Buffett, his whole deal is that he invests in companies. He's Like his investment strategy is actually very, very simple. It's like they do what they do really well. They know what it is they do. They aren't distracted by a bunch of different shit. They're like, we do this. We do it well. That's all we're really interested in is doing this thing well. And he notices that before other people do. So he's like, these companies are undervalued looking at what it is they could potentially make. Then he invests in them and it just grows and grows and grows and grows. And it, like, that's why he has so much money. He's just like, you know what? Dairy Queen's fucking great. They make ice cream and it's delicious. The, the grill and chills, they make these delicious hamburgers. That's all they're worried about. Uh, but how do they have the other ones? Why not just all grill and chills? I don't know. Because their hamburgers are so good. I know. And there's not a grill and chill within like 25 miles of no. Lakewood. And yeah. it makes me Well, furious. North Olmsted, isn't there? Well, it's still at least 25 I mean, minutes away. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, they, they have hot dogs. But there's one cock teasing us right up here. I know. Yeah. We have a pulled pork sandwich. <laughs> oh. They don't even have, I don't even think they have the chicken strips at this one. No. They don't have a deep fryer. Yeah. They have, they have a, a like convenience store hot dog cooker. Basically, oh no! Yeah, it's. I, I mean, the ice cream's still good. When it's I was still... young, I used to get the hot dogs there because there was no grill and chill. You couldn't go. Yeah, the grill and chill is a new invention. It used to be a nice brazier. Uh, brazier. Brazier. Yeah. yeah. Um, going. You know, going back to the whole sycophant thing, like Zoidberg automatically like gets attention as being like that guy knows what's up. He asks a lot of questions. He's good when it's like established completely that Zoidberg is just a complete fuck up. So like really him and Fry immediately float <laughs> Which up. Which one is the one people like to hug? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's a shark, a shark. <laughs> and I'm the shepherd of sharks. <laughs> it's just fast uh, talking is so great though, because that's what this, this episode has a ton of replay value because there's so much going on every time that guy opens his mouth. Yeah, it's yeah. super dense. So funny. Like the the shark thing, the rocket fuel chair, just every the I the, the Surrey assistant type thing. Yeah. So many Sue. so many great <laughs> jokes. And and it's I mean 
that's almost another part of it where it's just like the conspicuous consumption and just like dick swinging that goes into it. It's like there's no substance behind it. It's just like, oh, I'm going to get the flying desk chair. Because and then the, when he rebrands it with uh, to make it look like it's FedEx, but then uses the old Apple commercial. Yeah. Oh, man. Which I was talking to Tom today. Like, I forgot that, that I couldn't remember when, like, I remember the commercial. And I couldn't remember that it was an Apple commercial. Yeah. So I went back when after I got done watching the episode and I was looking that up. And the story behind it, like, Ridley Scott directed it and it was like blown out of, like, the budget was like crazy. And it was what, a couple of years after Blade Runner came out. So it was sort 1984. Of, yeah, that's so why I mean, that's yeah. what they did. It was the Super Bowl yeah. in 1984. So like it was just such a, like the story behind that was just fascinating. But the fact that it was like Ridley Scott, I kind of got a little sad. But, you know, why he's still alive. <laughs> yeah, but he but he's been he ruined my alien movie. So, you know. I mean, <laughs> but my favorite part of the commercial is when the guy goes, hey, we were watching that. <laughs> uh, going back to your, your uh, porn mags, Scruffy's reading National Pornographic, which how can that not be a real magazine? Like, I, that seems like such a they could have copyrighted that. Right. I mean, National Geographic, obviously. But I don't know that they'd go and fight it if someone came up with like a Pornhub site called like national pornographic that would be amazing it, would, it, it might it, exist <laughs> it might yeah i'll find out yeah. <laughs> um, i'm not ashamed for anybody to look at my browser history uh, how, how does fry make his own hair gel <laughs> that was you don't you don't wash your hair yeah you just don't wash <laughs> it your just hair. becomes like it just greasy. with your own yeah. grease ah it's his own i mean he's a greasy kid he doesn't really he's not all that hygienic so i imagine it's just just grease and oil. I imagine up. the times that you see Fry shower in the show is the only times, times that he, he actually, actually showers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't think there isn't one. I don't think it works like that for me. Nope. Like I, my hair is, um, my, <laughs> my wife likes to remind me pretty frequently that I, I have very oily skin. So it's, you know, endearing. Um, but like my hair doesn't do that. It just gets flatter and flatter. When I it takes a while for your hair to grow like real greasy. Like I don't wash. I mean, I'll put water in my hair when I'm in the shower, but I don't always use shampoo. And like ninety percent of the time, it's fine. Gives it body. Yeah, beautiful thick hair. Yeah, if I go (laughs) two days without using shampoo, it's good. Three days, my hair's perfect. Four days, it is disgusting. <laughs> it, like, it goes like, like it jumps fuzzing it to disgusting. No, like it, it's it's the own hair gel thing where it just gets matted down and it's just greasy and <laughs> awful. It's ugh. I think the longer your hair is, the worse that is. The worse it gets. Like if it's short, it's not really a big deal. Mm-hmm. But once it gets a little bit longer, it's kind of gross. I wash my hair every day. I twice a day. I I like I said, I'm real oily, mm. so I I I'm. I'm I also use like pomade or whatever, like hair product stuff. So I can't not wash my hair because then. Can Can I ask you guys a dumb question? Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'm going to whether you say yes or no, but uh, you both have beards. So that was the dumb question. No, 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 no. That was just the prelude. <laughs> Do you use shampoo in your beards or regular soap or how does that work? Because I've I've never grown a beard uh, to speak of. I just when I'm washing my face, I use soap and that's it. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't even think too much on my grooming habits when it comes to any of that stuff. Like I, I think of shampoo and 
a lot of body washes as interchangeable in yeah. a lot of ways. So I'm not that worried about it. But dish soap, lace, yeah. it's all <laughs> interchangeable. <laughs> Laundry detergent. You make that joke, Tom, but I have used dish soap. Um, one thing I, I have to use Selsun Blue, but not for my hair, but I have to get this super medicated because I get like this fungus if I get sweaty really? and then just like it, I get a rash all over the place. So I have to like shower pretty regularly or I'll just cover myself in Selsun Blue, which is actually green and the super bullshit. medicated is, and then uh, sit there and let it eat away at the fungus that my skin just loves having on it. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Ladies. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the grayscale or yeah, something. Exactly. You know? so, yeah. yeah, it really, it's, I mean, it's it's heroic, like that Morlon well, guy. I, when I have a beard, I will wash it occasionally. Like, I'll condition it, put conditioner in it occasionally. To make it, it makes silky. it nice and soft. Could you use, like, Windex or something if you wanted to make it shiny? There's beard I, oil. Yeah. Is there? There's all, oh, oh man, there's yeah. So beard oil's become a whole cottage industry. I think people worry way too much about the shit they put in their fucking beard. Like, you know, yeah. you know like, who has a good beard? Someone who has a good beard. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's one of the reasons I've like shied not, away from it. I mean, number and it's become like ubiquitous. Like I've, I've, you guys, well, you, uh, Never shave your beard off again. We had this. We've had this discussion last... on like four episodes. Whether you're here or not, is you can't cap one without his beard. It's terrifying. Unless it's a beautiful mustache. Even even then, I mean, if, if it was Hulk a Hulk Hogan mustache, yeah, if it was enough of like the 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 <laughs> phrase famer, it's fine. You just get to be too much of a baby face, and it's it's really scary. I have the I have the face of an eight year old child. But I think head. as long as I've known you, or in the time that I've been around you, Bill, you've always had a beard. So like that makes sense. But then there's I've taken the... it down a couple times to like I, I shaved once around this time last year, and then around uh, Valentine's Day I yeah. took it off. And uh, when I'm skinnier, it looks fine. But then my nose looks gigantic, and like my <laughs> upper lip is strange. <laughs> so like I I I don't know. I, I just I prefer to have the beard just because it doesn't look right without it. Especially there's something about seeing my upper lip, like the that space between my nose and my like I <laughs> fucking hate it. It just looks terrible. I kind I kind of feel the same way, just in reverse. Like I, I mean, I haven't really tried to grow a beard to see if it would look if it could be like patchy and weird or not. I have a feeling it would, which is one reason I'm not like rushing out to do it. But like. I even I shaved this morning. It's already starting to grow back. And it's like I can't have the stuff on my face. Like I can't leave it alone. I just want to start pulling it out one hair at a time. Like if I'm in a hotel that has a, a lighted makeup mirror, I could spend hours just in front of that, like pulling hairs out one at a time <laughs> with tweezers, just like I'm gonna make it smooth like a baby's bottom. Get this shit out of here. It's bad. I've had a scruffy face since I was oh god, I don't know, six, like eighth grade or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things. Like so, I like. I've always been kind of fuzzy, and it wasn't until I hit a certain point where I was like, well, fuck it, I might as well just give in, turn into it, yeah. turn, you know, turn into this, and then just let it go. But also part of it is, like, I do look like a child without this thing. It, so it, it's a weird thing where, like, I feel like at 38 I shouldn't look like a little baby. It's not just that so you look you like a have. child, though. It's that you look like... A sick child. No, <laughs> no, it's like An ugly a, child. a devilish cherub. Is what it is. It's like you look nefarious and you can't help it. <laughs> and then the fact that it's like this baby face with Are you the, take this the from evil him? look. 
yeah, it's complimentary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it kind of is. I'm just like, all I'm saying is like, it's terrifying because I it's prefer just you like, call it roguish good looks. Well, you, you certainly have those in spades. <laughs> but I mean, also just once you get over the itchiness that only happens for like a couple days, it's just so much easier to maintain. To not worry about it. So to not have yeah. to buy razors and then deal with shaving cream and yeah. all that. Though I will bullshit. say there is something like if you have like I've had my beard huge before mm. and then I've cut everything off and then went like to like a mustache. And there's something about being able to like feel the wind, like a fresh breeze on your face, or like splashing water where you're like, ooh, this is kind of nice. Cause you're not used to it for mm-hmm. like, you know, sometimes years at a time. But uh there is something weird though, like with speaking of like the whole industry around like beard maintenance. And then like the people that shape the beards. Yeah. Like there's nothing I hate more than someone that tries to create a jaw with their (laughs) beard. (laughs) And then it's just like they just have like this fucking neck fat that's bulging out over. It's just like you you don't have the jawline that you're trying to assume. It's like a little fine chin strap, so it's almost like they took a sharpie and just drew like a chin. They look like they stepped out of the Hunger Games. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But there's also a weird thing, too, where, like, people identify with their facial hair so much. Like, like without it, it's that's their thing. Yeah. And I find that very weird because, like, mine's partially out of laziness, and it's just easier to not. But, like... It is a weird thing to see people that like so self-identify with that, and they do that. They and they and they and they really get into the whole thing of being a bearded person. It's I weird feel, to me. I feel like those are the phony bearders. Like yeah, you can like spot they're, them. They're, they're having a beard just so someone will talk to them about their beard. Like if someone yeah. talks to me about my beard, I go, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have a beard. Yeah. Who cares? I mean, it's it's definitely something where it's like you see somebody you're like, that guy has one because it's in fashion. If there's any other time, like except for maybe the '60s, they would be clean shaven and probably just have like a dad mustache or something. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it it very much seems like a contrivance, which is another reason that I kind of shy away from it. But like former guest John Kelman used to have a really, I mean, it was like a great artist beard. Like it was kind of. You know, you looked like it kind of had tentacles and it was multiple colors, just of natural hues. And he's just like, fuck this. There's too many people with beards. And now he's got like just a nice, tasteful soul patch that he, he pulls off very well. Mm-hmm. I, the dude looks dapper as fuck now. I mean, that's the other side of it is you, you, you need to be able to flex. Like some people, you, for instance, should never shave their beards. <laughs> Other I, people, I can go both ways. Yeah, Tom. I mean, Tom, yeah, Tom. Everybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> everybody. Oh boy, so many twists and turns this episode. Um, I like how they picked the fight with mom by mooning her. You call that a pressed ham? Yeah, like then she got really. <laughs> that was my favorite line of the entire episode. Really bent out of shape about it. Like you figure, I like why. Why was she so mad? Just because there was any sort of competition to her company? Because she's mom. She's and mad. it's also she's mad about everything. Farnsworth. All the time. Yeah, like well, she's, yeah. Yeah. she's got that rivalry with him, and that she still loves him, and like is infatuated with him in some way. So him just being in her view is just not okay with her. Yeah, which, I get it. Which, uh, speaking of mom. Anytime that she's animated, not in her like mom 
the fat suit battle armor dress looking yeah. thing the animation when she moves is fucking hilarious because oh, she's yeah. so like spindly and things move but not in a natural way they kind of jiggle and weird yeah things. and there's oh, a little bit it. of a delay because it's older and yeah, yeah. actually that <laughs> that's uh that's a point i wanted to make um and i think i had the note earlier on and lost it at some point there are a lot of really really good animation shots in this episode all over the place and i almost feel like they were getting to the end of the season and they're like we got a bunch of money left in the budget we ought to hand this over to korea and see what they can come up with because there's a lot of stuff that's like um and I, don't, I don't even have like the stuff you know put out so much here but it's just like i remember going oh wow you know this is like this is a step above like the usual stuff mm -hmm. than you know less simpsonsy and more like 3d sort of looking well just like that episode or the the commercial the, the apple ripoff like that that was a lot of animation that yeah. went into that and then when they all come sliding in on the stock ticker yeah. paper <laughs> like that was that was pretty cool and, there, and Zoidberg there's one shot and I don't remember what it was but I know what you're talking about like it's it kind of kind of zooms in off the street and then zooms into like a sign and like an exterior yeah and mm -hmm. I don't remember if it was outside of was it Elzar's or there was something and then it cut to whatever the inside I think shot it was Elzar's was. yeah but yeah it was this big like tr almost like a tracking shot yeah and I was like, oh, that seems excessive. I, I, I think we skipped it or, or missed it. It might have been in, in the middle of all this, but uh, where Zoidberg sells all his she shells for a complete sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and, now, I, I, I'm inferring from that that that's sort of like a, a dialectical pronunciation of sandwich. I'm not familiar with it. The only other time I've heard that term sandwich is there's this this old punk band in the '90s called Scared of Chaka out of Albuquerque, New Mexico? I'm I think. with them. Yeah, and they had a, uh, an album called Hutch Brown Sandwich, but like the number of times Zoidberg says it in this episode, like it just gets better and better and better. I mean, it, like there's a there's a definite climax at the end, mm -hmm. but then um, he would have <laughs> sold it for what a Kaiser roll with ketchup inside of yeah. it or something like that yeah i mean but then then when mom starts yelling out like weird insults like uh, moose drip and turtle squirts and things like oh, I, turtle I, squirts that just sounds it's, disgusting it's so disgusting but it's <laughs> so perfect and and fits mom's personality <laughs> i uh i got hypnotized by the swinging baloney when uh I forget who god I, I forget who had it but someone or wait shit maybe this is oh my god i'm reading a note that i think i know what it means but there's there's something where did somebody say you got hypnotized by a swinging baloney yeah hermes says that uh, uh fry was hypnotized by that's oh, it that's the, it. Yeah, that guy's swinging yeah. baloney <laughs> okay I, I i knew there was something about it i just i wrote it down out of context and it's like ah <laughs> they, uh, the part where they're talking about how they're a family <laughs> but not a traditional family like the murphy's next door or the lesbian coven across the street <laughs> which again very progressive like you know that that's I like that they were so far ahead of things. You know, you choose your family. It's a family of choice. Oh, I know. Yeah. I'm a family chooser. <laughs> <laughs> you, I guess you, when you say it like that, it doesn't sound as sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds like that guy from Unbreakable. Yeah. I choose that family. 
I like your family. I like oh. your house and your family. I think I'll take it. Though the way that guy became chairman of Planet Express is kind of how I'm hoping I'm going to succeed in life. I'm just going to show up <laughs> yeah. at the right time. <laughs> that's, and, that's, then, that's, and then, and then the, the safety dance no. like play out where it's like, oh, you're the chairman of the uh, Express now. Dun, 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 dun. There, was, there was a lot of calls to that. I, do you think they licensed that or were they just skirting underneath it with the, the music cue? Because like, I would assume skirting. I would think so. They probably was just enough. That or it's one of the songs that Fox has some rights to yeah, anyway. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's plenty of songs like that. Like like the theme song to Futurama or something. Well, where... even the, like, you know, American Idol, like the songs that they could choose to p- perform Are all had to of... do with, like, you, you, they basically had a list. Like, yeah. you can do with these songs because we already have this shit. Plus, I'm sure f- reserved. You, whoever the... Fox and a bunch of record labels are probably all under the same conglomerate. Yeah. Yes, the Illuminati. So, yeah. yeah. Well, News Corp. <laughs> <laughs> under Walt Disney, because they own everything. Well, that's ABC. Well, it's, it's all under the Illuminati. It's yeah, all okay. the Goldberg right, group. I, I mean, to get into all that. Yeah, it, it's uh, when you start following the money, man, you follow the money, mm-hmm. it takes you right back to the source. Yeah, the Build-A-Bears. It's all, Phil Spector owns all of them. <laughs> he owns every song in the world ever. You can make a lot of money when you charge ninety dollars for a fucking teddy bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the trick is to get them on, uh, on one clearance. you have to build yourself. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> fucking scam. Well, that's that's really like the genius of the whole thing. Is like you you turn the manufacturing into the product you're selling. And that's and then like, it becomes an event. And like, oh, look, like we're having some fun. Yeah. That's yeah. the fun part of it. Did you ever do that with your kids? No, because I never had the money to waste. Because <laughs> I couldn't ever just buy one. I'd have to buy three. Yeah. And, and then the spend... clothes are the extra. Yeah. yeah. I'm because gonna you're spend not going to $300 on teddy bears. <laughs> Naked bears. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Did they still, is Vermont teddy bears still a thing? I think it is like one of those things that shows up around. Like Sweetest Day and Valentine's, and Valentine's Day, and Day and stuff like that. Sweetest Day, Wait, for those it? that you don't know, is a holiday that's just around this area. Oh, yeah, um, American Greetings yeah. made it up, and it's basically <laughs> celebrated in Cleveland. What is a Vermont teddy bear? Do I not? My a Vermont teddy bear is just like a teddy bear. It's 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 a finished build a bear, mm. and yeah, it comes in a box. They're themed. I mean, they used like, to advertise them on Howard Stern all the time. They probably still do. <laughs> and every year around Valentine's Day, they. Take yeah. out ads to you say custom teddy bears. That yeah. Here's say. something so you tacky like to buy your bear, sweetie. Here's a police bear or whatever the <laughs> fuck you need. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it's like pajama gram and all that yeah, stuff. All it's, right. You know, the, the precursor to loot crate. Yeah. This, okay. you, you'd curate your own teddy bear to send to your sweetie that they could. I mean. And if any of these want to sponsor the Slurmcast. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, absolutely. We'll, we'll take your money. When we were talking about ethical businesses before, that none of that shit happens here. Like, we'll, we'll if you got something you need advertised. How crooked you are, we'll take your money. Yeah, I mean, Adam and Eve, uh, who else? Uh, Casper Adam and mattresses. Steve, who cares, right? <laughs> Adam, yeah, Adam and Eve, Adam and Steve. Casper mattresses, sleep number, uh, untucked. Anybody want, we're just giving away free plugs right now. We don't even have discount codes. Just uh, throw, throw your uh, fractional cents our way. We'll be happy to take them. We, uh, on that note, we do have a T Public T-shirt store that you can link to from Slurmcast.com and the and the episode notes. If you buy from there, we will get a little bit of money back. Um, 
Did anybody pay attention to the stock ticker? Somebody must have had fun with those. Like, yeah, there's the um, symbols. What's on there? Kirk. Uh, Kirk Gorn Q All Star Trek references. Fox is on there. OSX. Um, run and DMC. <laughs> Another the win was in there too. Uh, yeah, and OSX. Um, it's a lot of Mac references this time, but uh, the <laughs> takeover getting approved by the shareholders because they're all going to be rich. It's like what what you said at the beginning of the episode. It's just like snatching uh, defeat from the jaws of victory. And uh, Fry's speech that drives the stock up and down (laughs) is one of the best finales this show has ever had. Well, it's basically (laughs) what happens in the stock market daily now. Right. Like, it's just, I watch my retirement savings, and it's just like, you know, it's getting real jagged lately. And like. Uh, well, it, I mean, here's here, here's some investing advice. Uh, Put your money on mattress. And then burn it because it's evil. <laughs> yeah, just hold on. It's a long game. It's a long yeah. con. The stock market is the longest con of all. So just don't don't worry about it. I don't know if I can handle putting money in the stock market. Yeah, I've never done like, that. It's a thing like Teresa and I have talked about, and then the idea of it has terrified me because i feel like i'm not a gambling person so i'm the worst person in the world to go with to like a casino because i'm just like "Mm, i'll just play like penny slots and get a free drink yeah uh but the idea of putting like a significant amount of money into like some sort of investment terrifies me well we could talk off mic i can i can i can you give me like two thousand dollars i can turn that into 150 (laughs) dollars now slurmcast that might be something to invest in we we do have an ipo promote you every day i uh was talking with my buddy about bitcoin and he made a fuck ton of money because he got it real real early and it's like it almost went away at one point and Mm -hmm. then it jumped and it's, it's worth a lot now and he's like get that like buy some now but it's expensive now but it's going to keep going up probably probably but see says. that's risky but that's as the thing, fuck. probably but he got it at a point where he didn't have to put much in and yeah if he were to cash out now he'd have quite a bit of money and you know if if he's smart what are we talking about three four hundred dollars <laughs> well if you <laughs> if you own like each bitcoin as of this week was worth like forty three hundred dollars yeah so if you bought like a hundred of them at ten dollars or whatever, well, because when they first came out, they were less than a penny. Yeah. So, so there's people that bought a thousand Bitcoin for you know ten bucks. Have you ever seen a Bitcoin ATM? Uh. Uh-uh. I, I ran into a couple of those in LA last year, and it's just, it's weird as fuck. I mean, like there's you know there's a machine where if you have a Bitcoin account and you have currency in there, like you can withdraw cash out of that. Oh, from weird. But the thing the thing with that is like what I would do in that situation is go, okay, I made a shit ton of money. I'll probably make a lot more if this trend continues, but I'm going to offload some of this into some safer investments now. Right. And then let the rest of like it go. Like a sandwich. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because because as we all learned at the end of the episode, number one, being two-thirds of filthy, stinking rich is not worth it. <laughs> and the conservatives sanguish every portfolio always pays off. They, somebody figured but out. But then he eats the oh, sandwich and he's even, ruined. You didn't even refrigerate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody figured out how much, when, when they were going to sell to mom, how yeah. much everyone would have made. And that... Uh, 
that um, that guy would have made eleven point sixteen million. Scruffy would have made four point two eight million, and then everyone else would have bought a million dollars. Which is, you know, if you got a windfall of a million dollars, three thousand money. Yeah, well, so that, I who mean, knows what the? You know, I it, feel like their money was pretty on par with what our money's worth. Because yeah. whenever they have to buy anything, they talk about it. It's pretty close because if you you know pay attention, they the society completely collapsed and then was brought a couple back. times over. Yeah, so well, the I mean, they never do they ever tell you how much a cheese pizza and a coke costs in the year three thousand? Because then we'd have an exchange rate. This is ten seventy seven in nineteen ninety nine. It'd probably be about the same. You think? I th- I thought when this is several episodes ago. But they went to a convenience store, but also and the, like bubble gum was yeah. like ninety nine dollars or something. No, it wasn't ninety nine dollars. It was it was they were trying to save like a quarter with the military discount. With the military discount, it, I think yeah, it, it was, was pretty. Cheap. It was super cheap. Yeah. Okay. It was yeah. like relative to yeah prices at that time. Okay. There's actually been more inflation from the time that those episodes aired to now. Then yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two thousand yeah. to three thousand. So we know that it's going to take a downturn, <laughs> yeah. man. You got to sell out of this stuff now. Um, but ultimately, uh, that eighties guy gets undone by his untreated bonitis. He's too busy being an eighties guy. I know. Well, he you know he had a lot going for him. I mean, he was living fast. He's dying young, and he only had one regret. <laughs> his only regret. which was his only regret was having bonitis. Yeah. <laughs> Also, when he dies and he peels back his eyelids with his fingers, <laughs> super gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so so one finger in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> he fish hooks himself and then peels back his eyelids. Oh, it's it's very, mm. oh, it's just so. It's unsettling. Gross and tricky. Yeah, very I, unsettling. I wrote down distressing sounds in that thing. <laughs> just like the, the, the creaking and the cracking. Like it, It's one of those noises that you hear and just makes you like. Like sh- just yeah. shiver. You get a knot in your stomach. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Um, you guys ever heard of Breaking Bone? Yeah, it's not fun. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Maybe I've blocked it out. Only in movies, but that's not really break. That's usually like celery or something. Yeah, Did, I've, I've never heard. I was just curious if anybody I, I broke have. this arm twice when I was in kindergarten. So it was like the same year, and it's it it was just. A slapping with a, I mean, it's just a, a distinct crack. Yeah. And it's like when you hear something like in your head because you feel it in and hear it at the oh same God. time, it's, it like resonates through your whole body. Well, you, you have, that happened uh, when I was uh, in kindergarten. So you have a, a bit about with, yeah. breaking your brother's arm too. Oh, was yeah. that, did that really happen? Oh, yeah. That really happened. So what was like, was that like a good compound fracture or was that just like a, uh, a it snap? was just a chip on his elbow. Okay. But I mean, it was a significant chip still. Like, yeah. His uh, elbow cracked and like there's just like a piece floating in there, so he had just had to cast it up for a while. Weird. The human. But that bodies. was a fun game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you, well, I, you know, it's your bit. It's, yeah, it's on Spotify and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's called Mortal Kombat. <laughs> it's, it's one of my better jokers. I, I just I, I like the turnaround you do on it. Go yeah. listen. Go listen to Bill's stuff on Spotify. It's good. Spotify, Apple Music, whatever the. The things are, or you could buy it too. Yeah, but yeah. I think everybody's got a streaming service now. I I don't. I like to buy stuff. 
That's the one thing that's left. Well, for Pete, us that's like, why you're one of a kind. That's why I'm broke a lot of the time. Last of an old guard. There was. Um, did you see that movie? It was a Netflix, like direct to Netflix thing. It was really good, called "I Just Don't Belong in This World." No, um, it's 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 kind of a weird, um, heisty. It's hard to describe, but like, there's a scene in that where like somebody's finger just gets like snapped, and it's just the most like, it's like, oh my god, like somebody just comes out and just goes snap on someone's finger. And it's it's like when you hit yours in the uh, the car, Ooh. Tom. <laughs> and, oh yeah, and wrecked that for. But a that month didn't. And a half. That wasn't breaking anything. That was just tearing uh, ligament. But I did one time punch a wall, um, and broke my hand. And I was I, when there I, for that. When I punch, I punched <laughs> punched the wall, and I didn't like feel anything. Like it kind of hurt a little bit. And I'm just standing there, and my friend just points to my hand and holds his hand over his mouth and I look at my hand and the two bones in my like oh, knuckle on my pinky and like uh ring finger are just up they're not broken through the skin but they're just but they're just, uh, <laughs> and I'm just like oh so we ended up going to the emergency room and I, I uh, hope whoever you wish that wall was felt really bad about it funny thing is I was like I'm really good friends with him and he's been a guest on the podcast really yes. uh oh well, this is some more off mic talk we can have later. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it isn't great that you were able to find a stud first try. <laughs> oh, it was no, it was a concrete wall. Oh, well, that was, well that's just, you're just dumb. <laughs> didn't think about it. Yeah, seems uh, like you didn't. Uh, I I really like this episode. I I love this episode. Just to go back to injuries and, and things, uh, I had my fingers closed in like the hinge of a door not Ooh. like where it, it it was when i was at Ooh. church as a kid and like as the door was closing i like i had my hand up against the door jam and it got pinched in there and <sighs> lost my fingernail and like that's that's the most pain i've ever been in where it didn't get like because when i broke my arm it was painful but you go into shock yeah and you don't feel it as much yeah this was just straight up agony just straight agony, Oof. and I, I. The good news is I got to go home from church. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Those I I slammed my fingers in the door a couple of years ago, and it was just like, it wasn't even that long. It was just like such a. Yeah. You know, and like, well, like slamming in the door is is like that's like an immediate like ouch. But this was like a sl- like a someone was s- slowly slow. closing it, and I was in the oh, the God. other side, like not where the door latches, but like. And oh. The, oh god! Ah, yes, that's, that's bad. And the hinge, like, <laughs> I, I can't think that I. I don't think I've ever like actually flat out broken something. I fucked up my ribs just hearts, one time. Eric. I fu- broken a lot of hearts. I don't know about mm. that, but I fucked up my ribs one time. I had like a. I jumped into a baby pool, and landed on, <laughs> on someone. A baby. <laughs> landed on somebody's leg and like fractured or cracked a rib. So yeah, because then you can't things. breathe. Yeah, so it was one of those things. Like for the next. I don't know, two months. Anytime oh. I laughed or twisted or took a deep breath, it was just intense pain that shot up and down my spine. Oh, it was horrible. Oh. Horrible. But, you know, I didn't get excused from church, though. <laughs> we talked about beards, hygiene, injuries, just competitive people eating. Are, people are well-informed. <laughs> this is, I mean, this is a lot of bang for your buck. 
uh, Sloomcast listeners. I think uh, I think we about covered it though. Any closing thoughts, gents? There's a whole um, joke that's kind of lost now <laughs> about Germany in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we really have this, the, the pure power of will. <laughs> Amy, you know, I, was it Amy? Pure strength it, of will. Yeah. Something like that. Of course, everybody wants to be Germany. <laughs> it is kind of funny though, thinking like current. Going all the way back to the beginning, you know, kind of current like political things where yeah. you know, of course, everybody wants to be Germany now. Mm-hmm. Like that sort of rang true as of you know yesterday watching this oh. episode. It's like, man, I wish we were Germany. <laughs> you know, you know, uh, you but, know why? Germans talk. have shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, more than anything, efficiency, sausages, beer, all good things. Shame and shame. They still have shame, except in their porn. Well, look, no rocks, shame there. <laughs> whatever rocks you got, they need hey, to get off. But that's a good thing because there's so much shame in to sexuality in America. It's very true that it fucks a lot of people up. So if we could, you know, broaden your if, horizons. If you go, hey, I like when someone shits on me. That's who you are. Cool. To, yeah, <laughs> the Germans, they're like, hey, do you do you? Try and keep it yeah. behind closed doors. <laughs> yeah, because I, you know, not my thing, not my business. Also, in the beginning of the episode, when he talks about when he's in the uh, the group, and I kind of I was going to talk about it, and I kind of forgot. But when he wakes up and he talks about buying out the company that had a cure for bonitis, and then like tripling the prices, and then running it out of business, yeah, I instantly thought of uh, Skrillex, Martin Skrillex, and I was just instantly I was like that greasy, (laughs) that greasy, greasy fuck. Like I just it, it instantly made my blood boil. And I'm watching a cartoon. It's like, God, it's too on the nose. I, You know, now that you say that. Because that dude is an 80s dude. Absolutely. I mean, he's basically the archetype for this. But, but now, so a little wishful thinking here. Hopefully, he contracts some horrible autoimmune disease in prison that would leave him susceptible to all the things that the drugs he raised prices on would be used to treat and he dies a horrible, expensive death. Like bonitis? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just for starters. Yeah. No, the other horrible disease with a funny name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, okay, let's wrap this up. Yeah. Hey, so uh, thank you for being a guest again, Eric. It's been thank too you. long. If people want to find you on the internet, uh, or in person, where can they go to do that? Uh, I'm always at Voodoo Monkey Tattoo, so you can always look me up there. In Cleveland, Ohio, uh, in on Cleveland, West 25th Ohio, Street? On West 25th Street. But you uh, got to get through me first. Yeah. Tom, you got to fight Tom to get in the door. It's a very exclusive club. Uh, yeah, otherwise, uh, yeah, there's a Facebook. There's VoodooMonkey.org is the uh, shop website. There's links to Facebook, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Personal art, or that it can all be... Like you have an artist page on the site that'll yeah it's like just it's stuff. just the shop's artist or like my artist page on the shop's website awesome so, yeah. all very good work Eric's an incredibly talented tattoo artist if you like to have needles stuck into your skin with ink in it it'll come out looking real nice people know what tattoos are <laughs> they might not you never they know they do I mean maybe someone just got cryogenically unfrozen yeah <laughs> at what point in history were they cryogenically <laughs> frozen where there wasn't tattoos. Cavemen. No, they probably were. Actually, cavemen did have tattoos. They did have tattoos. Okay. 
then my argument falls apart. Never yeah, mind. Thank well, you. Never mind. Pete, people know what tattoos are. Okay. <laughs> fine. <laughs> I'm just, just trying to be helpful. Uh, thank you again for guest hosting, Bill. Uh, thanks um, for having me. This will be coming out next next week on the 23rd of August. Okay, so, so uh, Accidental Comedy Fest is August 30th through September 4th. Uh, go to hilarities.com to get tickets for that, and then I will be headlining the Funny Stop Comedy Club in Cuyahoga Falls the following week. So you can go to billsquire.com, and I'll have all the different stuff there, and then just follow me on Twitter, Instagram, at billsquire. And it's, uh, it's accidentalclee.com is the website for yeah. the festival. Or you just go to Hilarities to have it all the, all linked there. together. It's, it yeah. is, it's going to be great. It's such a great lineup every year, this year specifically. Like mm-hmm. I, every time you guys put out like the weekend passes, like I'm not even sure I can go to everything, but it's like, it's such an incredible like deal to get to every show. And, and the, the group brings in like so many awesome comics from all over. And what's been really cool over the years is watching like people come in and then get, famous. yeah, get like fucking famous mm-hmm. and like, like huge or like, you know, even, um, God, I'm, I'm seeing like previews for things on Hulu and it's like, I know that guy, yeah, you know, or that guy, or, you know, that guy being Will Miles in this case, but like, um, it's, but it's like a, Drew, uh, Michaels who writes for a weekend update now. Yeah. He's going to, he, that dude's going to be, one of the biggest comics in the world at some point. Unless he pulls a full Bill Hicks because he's very dark but incredibly funny. But I, I think he's going to... He might go more Stanhope, I think. That's Yeah, but, I could see but that. But he's going to be he's going to be very well-known and he's going to be very... Uh, he's very, very honest, successful. brutally yeah. honest. And Who is and this? His name's Drew Michael. Okay. Uh, and I, I think I've seen him three or four years now at the fest and it's yeah, like it's always someone to check out. Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, Got who else? Dave Hill will be here. Doug Benson. Yeah, I'm I'm hosting the show with Dave Hill on Wednesday. Uh, Ray Ron Funches, uh, Megan Gailey, uh, Dan Soder. Yeah, Nori Davis. Uh, Curtis Andrew Cook Dice will be Clay. back. <laughs> who's that? Uh, Curtis Cook will be back. Yes, Curtis Cook, who's, who uh, writes for Jim Jeffries' show right now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jim Twos. Yeah, Ryan Dalton. It's it. I mean, that's a lot of hometown talent that's gone out and done some really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. The uh, I think we talked about Ramon on here too, but Ramon Rivas yeah, is, Ramon. is uh is out there like crazy now. It so uh, aside from that, if you're in Cleveland or you feel like taking a trip to Cleveland on Labor Day, it will be absolutely worth your while to come and check out Accidental Comedy Festival, and uh, you might see some slurmcasters there while you do it. Unless yeah. we see you first, and then we'll probably hide. We should probably see if anybody wants to do it while they're in town. I we're maybe working on that right now. Oh, good. <laughs> Well, That's why we'll I love see. guest hosting on this because I don't have to do shit. Yeah, you're just like, yeah, <laughs> fine. Just show up and off I go. So uh, thanks. We can be reached at slurmcast.com. All of our prior episodes and information is there. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at slurmcastpod. We can be emailed at gmail, uh, slurmcastpod at gmail.com. Call, text, uh, leave voicemails at 216-438-1077. Uh, we have a t-shirt shop on T Public that you can link to from our website, and we are always looking for submissions of designs. If there's a, a Futurama or Slurmcast or any other cool design that you'd like to see on a t-shirt, we can help make that happen, and you'll get paid for it if people buy it. Um, any Write and review in iTunes. Anything else, Tom? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you next time.
uh, d- d- don't forget to neuter and spay your pets. I already stopped the uh, recording. <laughs>